Warning, the following podcast contains coarse language and spoilers for the film and the title of the podcast. Now playing Movie Reviews in 20 Cues. Hello, good people, and welcome to Movie Reviews in 20 Cues, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. I'm your host, Liz, and I have lined you up something special indeed. Today's show is about the new Dungeons & Dragons movie, Honor Among Thieves, which I watched this week with a buddy from my D&D group. Yes, I play D&D, or at least I have previously. We've been on hiatus for a wee while, unfortunately, but I'm pretty shite. Uh, I'm about as knowledgeable about D&D as I am about movies, so essentially I'm terrible, which is why I thought we'd better get an expert in for the episode. So I'm very excited to welcome Jules from the Kiwi D&D podcast, Fate of Ison. Hey, Jules. Hi, how you going? Oh, I'm excellent, thank you. I'm very excited. I'm excited too. I really love talking about this movie, So, and this is going to be a fun one. So, Yeah, well, you got to see the premiere, didn't you? Yeah, I actually got um, an invite from Paramount to go to Auckland to see the movie premiere uh, properly, like, you know, with all the excitement wow. and all the selfie opportunities and, oh, most importantly, free wine and free ice cream and free popcorn, you know? Wow. That yeah. is so good. It was pretty good. Oh, man, you're living the dream. You're like royalty. <laughs> this is very exciting. And you've been on our podcast before too, so uh, yes. you're clearly a very important special person. Well, I mean, I, I <laughs> don't know how important and special I am, but um, I did have an absolute blast on that podcast last time I was last time I was on. So I was on with like Tom from um, History of Aotearoa New Zealand podcast, and it was oh, yeah. a, a hilarious time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, yay. Well, hopefully I will be as entertaining. Probably not, but what are you going to do? Well, we were drinking more back then, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'm drinking now, so, I mean, that'll help, maybe. Well, I don't me, know. Too. me too. Um, <laughs> yay. Yay for drinking, everyone. The alcohol is the cause of and solution to all life's problems. I may have been watching some Simpsons lately. Yep. So um, for those of you who are interested to hear a bit more about Fight of Ison, don't worry, you will hear about that a little bit more at the end. But for now, let's nerd out. So hell yeah. Yeah. Honor Among Thieves is a 2023 movie directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, who both also wrote it alongside Michael Gillow. It's rated 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 72% on Metacritic. It stars Chris Pine as Edgin, Michelle Rodriguez as Holger, Roger Jean Page as Zink. Zink? Mm-hmm. Zink. Yep. That guy. Zink. Thank you. Uh, Justice Smith as Simon, Sophia Lillis as Doric, Hugh Grant as Forge, Chloe Coleman as Kira, and Daisy Head as a creepy red wizard called Safina. All right. Now, time for the plot. And I have a fun twist for the episode. We're going to have a contested role to decide who's going to have to just give the plot off the top of their head. <laughs> Which is nicer because no. usually I just make the guest do it. <laughs> Okay, all right. Do I have to roll higher or lower? What's the what's the thing here? I'm making it that the loser, the person with the lowest score, has to give the plot because I hate okay. doing it. So it feels like a punishment. So yeah, that's yeah. Fair. And I, I made yeah. us both bring along our d20s just to you know yep. give it that d and d flavor in hand. All right. So here we go. Go. Oh, yep. <laughs> well, I got a five. <laughs> yes, I got a fifteen. Suck it. <laughs> That's it. That's my luck gone for the entire episode. It'll be natural ones for the rest of the time. (laughs) Okay, so the plot off the top of my head. All right. A dude who has lost pretty much everything in his life is trying to put his life back together again. Essentially, for his daughter, ultimately, is what he's trying to do. But he realizes at the end of the movie that he's kind of doing it for himself because he's a selfish arsehole. And he changes his ways at the end of the movie. But in the middle, what we see is a crazy heist adventure. Um... As he tries to put his life back together by also bringing his friends back together, his adventuring crew back together into his life. And then they try and steal back their life. Um, and it's kind of an amazing time of craziness and accidents and hilarity. And dragons. That is amazing and perfect. That is <laughs> at least better than I would have done. So well done. Very nice. And now we can just get on with the podcast. Now, I've already determined the question order, so no need to roll for initiative, Jules. Oh, okay. look out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm, I'm throwing out all my Dungeons and Dragons knowledge, like, early, just so it seems like I know what I'm talking about. You're but, doing um, incredibly well. I'm proud of you. You're doing awesome. Yeah. I don't <laughs> believe you. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're going to be starting with our compliment sandwich. Now, that's where we're going to give one thing good, one thing bad, one thing good about the movie. 
If okay. we really loved it, we could give it a hyperbole sandwich, which is one thing good, one thing great, one thing good. If you really didn't like it, you could give it a shit sandwich, which is one thing bad, one thing good, one thing bad. And if you really, really hated it, you could do something else, but I don't think either of us are going there. So. Nah. Okay. I got Why you. Why don't you kick us off? All right. Well, um, I think it's uh, an amazing fantasy romp that does a good job of making D&D seem fun and easy, like, to get into. I think it doesn't actually technically have, have any way of showing that it's a game at all. It's just an action movie. So, <laughs> like, what the game is, hard to see. Um, but I loved every second of the movie. I saw it twice already, and I've already bought the prequel book. I'm addicted to the story. I think it's great. Oh, wow. All right. So... That sounded like a good thing, a bad thing, a good thing. So you're giving it yeah. a compliment sandwich. So yeah. that means we need a score from you between 5,000 and 10,000 potatoes. I'm going okay. with potatoes. Yeah, I feel like yeah. we should go with potatoes. I'm going to give it 9,850. Yeah. Nice. So you yeah. really liked this film. I did. Yeah. Like a lot. That's good. A lot. Because I will start out with a good thing. Um, which is that I think the pace was pretty good, even though it was two hours 14. I didn't actually feel like it was too long. And quite often I feel like movies just go over the two-hour mark with no actual need for it. But this one, you know, you really felt like you were engaged in the story and I wasn't like, shit, um, can I just jump on my phone for 10 minutes or something in the middle, which sometimes I am. My great thing, oh, yes, Ooh. is that I think it was an amazing visual representation of D- of the D&D lore, of like the concepts and the animals and the that sort of thing you know the magic all that kind of thing like it really helped me envisage how mm. you know the D world that you know we get to live in when we play DD. i just thought that was really incredible and my second good thing is that i actually really rated the action scenes mm. yeah i don't usually like action scenes a lot of the time because i just lose track of what's going on and i'm like this is dumb but these were really good and i could really follow what's going along and they sort of worked for each character and then you know their sort of vibe their class whatever um so yeah no i really rated it so yeah this is my second hyperbole sandwich in a row would you believe it wow yeah yeah so how many potatoes is that well i gave old school about twelve thousand. uh-huh 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 i think it's because i've picked the last couple of films so i'm actually <laughs> picking things i want to see as opposed to some of the absolute shite that sam makes me watch thanks for that sam so <laughs> i'm gonna give this film 18,002 potatoes. Woohoo! I'm saying it's not quite a natural 20, but it is up there for me. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I hear that. I thought it was great. So, moving on through to our questions. Jules, what's number two? What character would you definitely not get to house at your place? Yeah, I'm kind of cheating here, so I'm going the easy op- option. I'm going with Safina because <laughs> um, I don't really want to come home to a house full of undead, which I really feel like might happen if she is there. That's fair. And I just don't know where she might put that creepy cold finger. <laughs> she just stuck it in his tea, man. Like, is there no no etiquette there? Like, that is just not right. Yeah, the sanctity of the cup of tea was definitely broken. I felt him when he was like, I'm just going to put that over here now. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I mean, yeah, handy I- little trick. Yeah, well, but it was like, oh, I, d- I didn't realize you'd actually put the finger in the tea. Like, just, <laughs> no, no one was expecting that, actually. It was, that's disgusting. It was great, though. Like, Feral. Just, just to show how, like, deadpan she is, like, compared to the rest of them, to really highlight that. But also... You know she did that on purpose, right? Like, you know she just went like... Oh, totes. This is definitely like me pulling the finger, but I'm just going to pull the finger and put it in the tea. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, she clearly hated him, so she was like, this is a great way to get back at him. Yeah, I loved it. Suck it. <laughs> yeah. Have you also picked the easy option? Uh, I didn't actually. Uh, I thought that Simon <laughs> was the sort of person <laughs> I wouldn't want to house it. You know, you just know it's going to be a disaster, like, of like, accidental magic. Like, he's going to go to wash the dishes, and now you've got a portal to fucking nowhere in your house, you know? like Yes. It, it just would so be true. A, a complete, yeah, magical accident. Yeah, your houseplants are dead. There's yeah. no question. He's killed your yep. houseplants with some exactly. hideous accidental mag- magic. Yeah. yeah. The door is on the ceiling now. Good luck getting out, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and the vibe would just be super negative. Like, I just feel like you'd come home and you'd just be like, I feel like just a really grumpy Gus has been at my house this whole time. 
Yeah. I can't deal yep. with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair call. Great answers. Question three. This is often a favorite, although I never come up with mm. good answers. But I'm, I'm feeling quite confident about this one, or at least okay. more confident than Simon would be, I guess. What would the porn parody name for this movie be? Mm. Yeah, I had to think about this one. I came up with two. Do you want to hear them both? Absolutely, yes. I've got a hand job between thieves <laughs> and dishonor among thighs. <laughs> Ooh, I like that one, actually. It's just hinting at the, yeah. you know, the naughtiness. Yeah, of exactly. Porn. I'm a prude. What do you want? <laughs> Which is why my mine is so bloody ridiculous because it is really not great. But um, Dungeons and Dragons, boner among thieves. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. Kind of works. It, Thank it you. does, Thank though. You. It does. <laughs> simple but effective. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, just, yeah, so simple but just so evocative at the same time. You know, you can mm-hmm. just see the, them walking around. You're drawing a yep. picture. Yeah, yeah, I am. Absolutely. Yeah, yep. right now with a pen in my hand. <laughs> I'm so glad to have given you that opportunity to uh, express your creative side. And um, I'm sure all of the listeners would be delighted if you decided to share that on Twitter for <laughs> us afterwards. Okay. <laughs> all right. Question four. Which side character would make for the best spin-off movie? Okay. So I reckon it's Zank. Wandering the world doing good deeds. Because I think, you know, obviously he was he was getting around town. He was getting to do a whole bunch of stuff, meeting all sorts of cool people. But I think you could make a bit of, um, like, angst in it, you know, add the conflict in it if you have him plagued by, like, growing corruption inside him caused by that. You know, he got the mark on his head from Saz Tam. Mm. So I feel like something mm-hmm, got mm-hmm. inside him then and maybe it just starts being activated somehow. That's yeah, what I'm going yeah. with. Uh, also, I'd watch an entire movie of him just like never really changing direction and constantly walking over rocks and things yes um <laughs> that would be great i don't know if you saw on um easter like our main television channel channel one yes um international listeners we have like three television channels please don't judge but <laughs> yeah. um for the whole day they just showed a camera traveling down from the top of new zealand to the bottom of new zealand like along the road and then like they got on a train and just mm-hmm. went on the train Whatever, and it was just this steady flow. And I feel like you could do that, but with Zink and him just like literally walking yeah. over things. Yeah. Yeah. And just helping people casually, but then just kind of walking over them after he's helped them and stuff. It's like angsty, but also kind of like dark comedy. It's great. Yeah. 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 I think that would be quality. And also, you know, he's just really pretty. And if he could just be shirtless for some <laughs> of that, I would be okay with it. So I'm yeah, just that's saying. True. Yep. Yeah, honestly, if it was literally just him walking straight over the things with his shirt off, I would 100% pay for, like, multiple tickets to that. <laughs> Although he did make me kind of hate my character that is a paladin and is very, like, morally upright, you know, and, and she talks like that. And I just sat there in the movie listening to him say the things he was saying, and I was like, oh, no, why do people not hate me? <laughs> Playing my character exactly like that. (laughs) Yeah, they probably want to punch me in my face. So I was like talking about that with them afterwards. It was pretty funny. Really, he was an NPC character. That's that's really how I saw him in it, right? Like he was really the one delivering the long lines of nothing. So I don't think you have anything to worry about because I'm pretty sure that you aren't just vaguely delivering. That's true. Plethora. I'm not an information deliverer. Yes. Yeah. So you're good. You're fine. It's fine. I'm. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have another answer or are you going with Zink as well? No, I actually really wanted to know Thimbachord's backstory. Um, <laughs> I wanted a whole movie about him. But we can talk more about that down below if you like. Yeah, we can. <laughs> Couldn't have this podcast without talking about Thimbachord at least once. So oh, I I'm all for that. Quick spoiler about Thimbachord. The Embachord is a really great name because Chord is like a show in French, right, for hot. So his name yes. is basically the hot ember, which I think is awesome and weird and funny. Anyway. <laughs> and a lot how um, DMs name their their NPCs and characters and bad guys and stuff, we just go, what's the name for fire in another language? Oh, good. Yep, that's what that guy's called now. <laughs> oh, I'm so creative. This is so <laughs> clever of me. No one Nobody will ever figure else this out. Ever done this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not like Darth Vader 
yeah, literally, literally. Darth Father, which yeah. <laughs> I know from Pitch Perfect. So I do know movies. So eat it, all of those people who think I don't. Okay. <laughs> I think we should move on. Okay. Question five. How long would you survive in this movie's world? And I did think if you wanted to, you could talk about how your character would survive in this movie's world, but it's up to you. Yeah. Yeah, because I wouldn't last long at all. I personally roll like crud. Um, my players beat the hell out of my monsters last night um, because as me as a DM just could not hit them. So I would have probably died right at the beginning where they leaped out of the tower window and into the freezing cold bear landscape of Icewind Dale. Um, and then I probably would have had my corpse eaten by a polar bear or like a passing goblin tribe or something, you know. That's probably how I would have survived. <laughs> it's not a very auspicious end either, is it? You're just kind of like, oh, no, just- okay, well, she just landed on the ground and... They actually yeah. could have had that. That would have been great if there was just like a third person who joined them and then just <laughs> and just like died ah! and then yeah, and you just never see them again. Them. <laughs> Are there polar bears in you know Dungeons oh, yes. Dragon lore? Is there? Yes, okay, um, I actually play the um, module of Icewind Dale, and so I was fascinated watching that whole scene because I was like, "Oh, this is what Icewind Dale looks like," you know. Ah, um, yeah, this is cool. how it moves on ice, and you know, I just got so many ideas from watching it. So yeah, no, totally. There's definitely all sorts of crazy animal creatures. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right. I'd like to think I'd last all right because. I'm a great planner and I'm good at mm. my crisis. So I feel like I'd survive at least as long as Edgin, although I am smart enough not to steal from freaky wizard dudes. So mm. I feel like I could even last longer. Yeah. My characters I've played like most distinctly was a giant dumbass fighter orc who I played just so I could be stupid because it's super yeah. fun to just literally do the most stupid possible thing in every situation. But I think I drove my um, rest of my party mental. And um, more recently <laughs> I've been playing – was it based on Hermione Granger? Cute! And she's super smart and knows everything, so she'd totally last too. So, yeah. yeah. I'd mourn your death, but I'd carry on. Yeah, fair. I respect that. Mm, I'm so kind. <laughs> All right, question six. How would you best incorporate a talking dog into this movie? So this is going to be one of the easiest films to incorporate a talking dog into. Of all the ones I've had this question... I think that they should have totally invoked the talk to animals ability because I don't know if they did, did they? Mm, not really. But, I mean, they did have a druid who could kind of talk to animals while they were an animal. So I guess so. It's kind of cheating. Yeah, I felt like that's a nice thing, you know, a cool spell they could have used. Mm. So I think that Forge could have had a dog that told them something about the vault or Safina and, and they got that by using talk to animals. Mm, nice. Yep, yep, yep. I like that. I like that. Mine was creepier. Oh, good. I like creepy. Actually, I don't. I'm, I'm a total wuss, but say it anyway. I wanted the dog to be one of the corpses they had to ask where, like, the <gasps> helmet was because in the graveyard scene, one of the corpses is like, oh, last I saw it was being carried off by a dog after so-and-so died and it was, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yes. And so then they had to, like, bring the dog back. <laughs> would have been awesome. Yeah, that's fucking genius. <laughs> Yeah. That would have been amazing if they were like, oh, okay. And then it's just like, woof, woof, woof. And then they have to cast speak with animals while it's like, it would be great. It would be great. (laughs) That would have been perfect. That's way better than mine. Cut mine, use yours. That's great. Let's do it. Man, why don't people just like ask me and you, you're better at it, but you know, for ideas for these things, because we're totally making movies better. Yeah. All right. Question seven is a Patreon question from our man Julio of the contrarians podcast now the contrarians podcast like to rage against the rotten tomatoes machine and basically if uh, a movie's rated really well there they'll tell you why it sucks or if it's rated really sucky they'll tell you why it's well or close enough to that nice so julio would like to know what your most controversial opinion about this movie is okay it's a pretty big one hit me i think that the inconsistencies with the real rules don't matter wow yeah, everybody who is up in arms about like, you know, that this rule isn't right. Wild shape is too many times and blah, 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 blah. I, you know, have people read the front of the Dungeon Master's Guide? It literally encourages you to bend or break the rules if you want to. Like, play the game you want to play. That's what the entire of the front of the Dungeon Master's Guide is about, right? So I love that we get to see that exact thing on the screen. Somebody's version of how you know, attunement would work. Somebody's version of how wild shape could work if you're really connected and you're awesome at it. You know, all of these different things where we get to see rules bend and break. I just think it's awesome. 
that's just me going, cool, that homebrew rule is awesome. I want to adopt yeah. that, you know? Oh, you've convinced yeah. me. That's a legit call, actually. Yeah, because you're right. It was really cool to see those things. And I think it really it makes the movie, right? Like, it wouldn't have been as good a movie if she couldn't sh- uh, change shape so much or if a tumor wasn't so amazingly done and so visual and you know they're making a good movie here you've got to balance specific mechanics with entertainment yes and what plays out in a game is not necessarily going to play out the same way on screen and that's okay that's okay yeah but i do i'm sure that that will be a controversial opinion for others because some people Mm -hmm. are boring and lame i don't know if mine's controversial i feel like it probably will be i actually kind of wanted to see dice rolling or critical hits or failed rolls or you know like the actual mechanics of dnd i'm not sure how they would have included it but i just think it would have been really cool to see that in there somehow don't know how i had this thought i wanted to grab the movie and then put like what i thought would be the rolls to it so like while the action is happening or while it's about to be attempted it's like the dice is rolling off in the corner and it's like guess the roll and then like you see the action oh, play out yeah. and then the dice like lands on the number and you're like, yeah, that makes sense. That's cool. So like a little bottom left corner or something, you could have like yeah. a little, you know, box yeah. where the dices are rolling in. Yeah, uh, yeah, like a Disney sing-along movie, you know, where they put the lyrics sort of bouncing along at the bottom. Like yeah, just yeah. have like the what that stat is or what that spell is or what that role is just kind of popping up at the bottom so everybody can kind of play along. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, 100%. That's real cool. Yeah, and it would have just brought that home a bit more about that Dungeons and Dragons feel and really yeah. tied it all together, I think. Yeah. All right. Question eight. Okay. So what subplot do you wish had been explored more? So I'm not sure if this counts as a subplot, but it kind of ties to the last question. I really <laughs> would like them to delve more into the character classes because mm. I figured Edgin was a rogue for most of the movie, but actually he's he was a bard, wasn't he? He's supposed to be a bard and he's got a loot. But he, he never really did anything with it, except for sing a couple songs that didn't do anything. So why even say he was a bard? He didn't sing the main song. He Simon was casting an illusion of him singing a song, so he wasn't even singing that song. Oh, yeah. You're right, yeah. And I was just kind of like, well, that seems like a massive mistrick, and we can talk about that a bit later on as well. But, like, also, you know, was Holger a fighter or a barbarian? Like, it just, Mm. there wasn't anything that really distinctly stood out to me. And it might be because I don't, like I said, I don't have super excellent knowledge of all the D&D moves and lore and bloody blur and spells. But I just felt like they could have, like, really made them quite distinctive. And they didn't. Yes. I wondered if that was a choice deliberately to make them kind of more accessible by just being generalized action heroes, you know, for those people who don't play D&D. So they would also come see the movie. They would understand the generalized concept. Oh, yes, that person's Xena, warrior princess. That's person's, you know what I mean? Like they could kind of I guess, put yeah. other things on it. Yeah. It's not giving people enough credit, right? Like you've got like the X-Men, they all have their very specific thing that they do. Or, you know, any superhero really, they have their thing. So then mm. you could do that here? I don't. Yeah, mm. yeah I get you too. Yep. Mm. I wanted to see more of Doric and how she ended up with the elves and like that whole piece because I feel like we kind of heard like a fraction of it when she's like quickly telling them why she's there basically why they're finding her in this tree Mm. um but we don't she's the one that we don't really get to see much of but also if they'd added more of that in it would have been like two and a half hours (laughs) you know so like in terms of cutting things i think they did a good job with like cutting what we probably didn't need to see i'm just interested yeah no absolutely no she was great i loved her character and um you know, it was nice to have a tiefling there. Oh, yeah, she was a tiefling, wasn't she? Like, or half tiefling or something. Yep, yeah, yep. so that would have been, that was yep. quite cool and it would have been nice to delve into a bit more of that for sure. Okay, so, I mean, obviously this movie is not exactly the most logical thing in the world, but what do you think is the <laughs> most, the most insane leap of logic in the film? I really struggled to answer this one because there's so many. I was just like, oh my God, okay, uh, which one am I going to go with? Um, I th- I think I'm going with, a bit of an obscure one, um, that a drunk man in a tavern with a baby could be a lifelong good friend for somebody who finds them there. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. oh yeah, I see this drunk man and this baby, I'm just going to pick it up and have some fun and this is going to be great. This all seems I'm going to go fun. home with them and it's going to be awesome. But what do you know? <laughs> like, it was. So maybe you just need to be a, a bit more optimistic. 
actually. <laughs> I know. Go find yourself a drunk man and a baby in a tavern right now. That's what I think you should do. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because that's exactly sometimes what backstories are. They're just like one sentence. This is what I threw together. I found him in a tavern and he was drunk with a baby. I don't know. Uh, I'm kind of like a mother figure to that baby. Yep, that's my story. Good. Done. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I was like. <laughs> that seems fine. We could talk about yeah. it more, but we won't. This is fine. <laughs> Mine was kind of like that they didn't make a leap of logic. I just found it ridiculous that the adventurers wouldn't have worked out that Sophina's plan was to turn the city into her own army of undead until they saw the creepy clouds. I mean, literally, their, their leap of logic was like, okay, this is all fine. Sophina's there, but it's all fine. We're going to get on this boat. We're going to sail away and everything's fine. And then they turn around and they're like, what mm-hmm. is that? I'm like, what the fuck do you think? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, especially when he's like talking to who he thinks is Kira and then it turns out to be Safina and she's like, evil, clearly evil, very, very evil. You were going to die and now you're just like, fine. Yeah, we'll leave it. And they knew specifically she was a red wizard and they knew that they gave everyone into one, you know, area and then they called down the guy, says Tam and turned around down to So why wouldn't she do it again? Like, yeah. Yeah, that was dumb. Yeah. Okay, question 10. What is the biggest dick move in this movie? Like, the biggest. Okay, it has to be, and I will not take arguments on this, but it has to be (laughs) not asking the five questions of all the dead guys. Oh, yeah, okay. That was so cruel. That poor guy at the end just going, I'm I'm still here. Like, could anyone ask me a question? (laughs) Saying that, though, that was my favorite scene by far. I just had multiple uh-huh. laugh out loud moments, right? Like, the, oh, the guy kills himself getting out of the bath and they want his brother and not him. The stupid questions that he asks to finish the five <laughs> questions for one of the other guys. And I never really thought about that mechanic. You know, you, you have to answer five questions and then you can be dead again. And if you don't ask them the yes. questions, then yeah, I just never thought about it. So that was hilarious. Like I just, oh, it was so clever. Yeah. I loved it though. Mm-hmm. So good. The fact that it's like the end piece too. Yes. You know, like it's the bit that you wait for. You're waiting for it. What is it going to (laughs) be? You knew there was going to be a post credit or end credit or whatever. You know, you knew there was going to be something, but you didn't know what it was. And as soon as you turn up, you're like, oh, of course. Yeah. Of course it's that. That, That's perfect. Of course it's that. Oh, Mm -hmm. that was the best joke. That was just, it was such a solid scene. And it just at the end, when you actually see how many people they had to dig up, that was fucking hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, yeah. Mm. My cheeks are hurting thinking about it. Um, I really like how he doesn't give a crap forge when he's talking about how he took the city over. When he's talking to the two guys by the vault. Oh, yeah, the investors or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole scene, that's my favorite. Safina will tell you all about the magic. And then she's like, oh, yeah, that's Mordecai's fault. <laughs> <laughs> and in amongst that they're like oh how did you do it and why did you take over the thing and he's just like you know blah 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 blah. um and i guess i prefer to be standing while some people prefer to be in a vegetative state oh uh, yeah and i was like oh damn damn that was that was cold it was so cold like he i mean pretty much everything forge did was a dick move right like pretty much yes. every single piece of the movie but i was like that one's the most dickish because it was kind of a major thing like well it's just like especially unnecessary like yeah. you're just not being cool there bro that's that's not cool yeah yeah it's not nice. <laughs> and he's just like it's fine you know i'm making jokes about it and then the other guys are like ha 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 you're hilarious yeah and it's so offhanded like he just does not care yeah. Does not so. give two shits. Yeah. All right, so what deep philosophical debate arose in you during this movie? It wasn't very deep, honestly, but it was it was RPG related, so I'm going to share it. Um, literally just, is it better to have charisma or intelligence as a dump stat? Simon is the perfect example of having charisma as a dump stat. He clearly has none, which is why he couldn't get Derek to go on a date with him, right? Yeah. He develops some... Over the course, we see experience happen, and now he has, like, some, so he might have a go, you know? Yeah. And then we see the intelligence with the little, like, brain guys on the ledge as they're walking around. It's like, oh, "Oh, don't worry, they're attracted to intelligence. And then they're like, well, that hurt. Um, That was gold. (laughs) That was excellent. Because they were just like, not even, that didn't even blink. Well, not that they could have blinked in an advice, but you get what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I mean, charisma's got to be the key one, right? Like, 
Yeah, smart, smart, but like it's all about people and D&D, right? So you need to be able to charm people. Yeah, it just cracked me up. They allude to, you know, bad character builds basically by making Simon like a really bad sorcerer because charisma is literally what his spellcasting modifier is. Oh, yeah. So he's like really bad at it. So he's built horribly. Like, you know, that as a character sheet would be the worst. You know? That's a really good point. Yeah, I love that they point that out with all of these really subtle, you know, mentions. And it's like, there's the character sheet notice. Nice. I like it. You know? Yeah, okay. That's yeah. that's very well noticed. I like it. I went a little bit more, well, vaguely philosophical. The movie shows that, like, human greed is terrible and the cause of many societies' problems, right? Like, forges greed. Mm-hmm. It's the whole reason everything goes to shit. But it can also be the solution. Ooh, a bit like alcohol. <laughs> but yeah, like, because the people all left the arena to chase treasure. And if they didn't have greed, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have. So there you go. Yep. So greed's okay. Or something. Yeah, I mean, like, yes, the they went to the original treasure place to get the, I forget what it's called, the little token of undeath thing that they yeah, have. Yeah. I forget what that magic item's called. Awakening? Reawakening? Something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I forget. I Terrible DM. But... um. Eh. They go there to get that, right, to bring back the wife or whatever. So they go there for greed, like for selfish reasons, but it ends up like doing something good at the end. But yeah. they wouldn't have had that if they hadn't have stolen it in the first place, right? Yeah, so, that's true. It's an interesting switch, yeah. It's a, it's a dichotomy. See, we're smart on yeah. this podcast. This is this is a smart place. Uh, before I <laughs> say anything else stupid to ruin it, how about you ask question 12, which is perfectly relevant here. Okay, so what minor change would completely ruin this movie or make it infinitely better? I think if they had made Edgen and Holger a romantic pairing, it would have sucked. And you could totally yes. see that they might have done that. Thank God they didn't because it, obviously it would have ruined the yeah. end. It would have been him choosing between two lovers instead of between what he wanted and what his daughter needed. Yes. So thank you for not doing that. Yep, 100%. I thought any of the rules being accurate would have ruined the movie. Sticking with only common magic items and not making new ones or like, you know, would have sucked. So I'm glad they expanded, you know, that thought. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Actually, I thought of another example of that was was my favorite scene, like the the five questions in the graveyard, because he would have run out of spell slots or whatever, right? So like he wouldn't Mm. have been able to just keep waking people up so they would have had to like stop and have a long rest and then go again and yeah that would have been dumb the real key there is he's a sorceress so he shouldn't really even have that spell but he had oh. a cleric token so oh. he talks about having a cleric yes. token okay that makes yeah sense. which is how he's able to do that but that's again a bend or a break however but people want to look at it the rules yeah you know and and for for a good time because I know if, if my players said to me as a DM, I want to go talk to some dead people, I'd be like, yeah, sure, let's let's make this happen. Like, let's figure out a way, you know? That's the point, right? As the DM, you're not meant to be shutting your players down. You're meant to be opening their world up and giving them opportunities and things, right? It is called Yes And. Exactly. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, fan favorite question, number 13. Uh, what quote from this film would be the worst to hear immediately after having sex? I love this question. Mine is, so dumb, mine is, no cleric can repair the damage from a red wizard's blade. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's so good. I heard it was immediately like, I've got to write this down. That's it. That's it. I don't need to listen to any others. That's perfect. That is so good. I didn't even have that one. So I've got three others for you. (laughs) My first one's the one I like the most, but my partner was like, Dom. So um, <laughs> Karen says it about Edgar, and she says, you're acting like it wasn't your fault. <laughs> and I was like, I really like that. <laughs> I really like that. Maybe that's just one for the ladies. I don't know. <laughs> I, I know, exactly. <laughs> Holger says about Simon, but I liked this quote a lot, uh, he hasn't gotten any better. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that's fair. Yep. And then my last one is Zenk. When he's talking about the Red Wizards of Day, he says, this is unlike anything we've ever seen. 
I don't know. I think that could be quite good. I'd like to be quite, you, you know, wow, this is unlike anything we've ever seen. I think it depends on the tone of voice because if they were like, yes. this was like anything we'd ever seen, I'd be like, wow, thank you. But if it was like, this was unlike anything I'd ever seen, I'd be like, I'll <laughs> go to the doctor on Monday. I like the idea, though, that it's said by, like, somebody else standing there and just, like, yep. having been watching the entire time being like, uh, you know, like, that wasn't what we expected to be seeing. <laughs> and you just hear that and you're like, oh, God. <laughs> I did not deliver. So I, I did not provide on expectations. Yeah, that, okay, fair. <laughs> that would be very awkward. Uh, anyway. Well, this brings us around to our individual questions. So what do you got for us, Jules? Okay, my first question is, which scene in the movie would have made a great musical? I thought this was a great question because, as I said earlier, I feel like they really missed a trick on using Edgar's bard powers. So mm. I'm going to go with the battle scene in the Underdark, and I feel like Edgar mm. could really use some sweet bard magic there, like vicious mockery or something. I don't know. You will obviously mm. know bard magic far better than I will, having played one for an extended period of time. So, But you're right, though. like. He clearly does inspirational speeches, right? Yeah. That, you know, bardic inspiration. He's clearly doing it, but he never does it musically. It would have been awesome to see him swing the lute around and inspire everybody in that moment, you know? Yeah. In the Underdark, I just felt like that was the right place for it because it was just this very desperate, like, oh, my God, everything is totally fucked and we are never getting out of here. That's where you come in and be like, yay, everything's good. Let me sing to you. Yeah. Yeah. Great opportunity. I would love that. The whole scene with the tipping table and just playing like comedy music, like trying to get faster, yes. like as they're all trying to run up and stuff. That like... would have been gold. I love <laughs> so it. Good. And isn't there um is there one where you assist someone else with a ability check or something? Is that a bad thing? Uh, guidance. Yeah. So if you used yep. that when Simon was trying to figure out how to magic them across, right? And then he sees the Yeah, yeah so you could have done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely missed a trick. I love that net twenty perception role though eh? when he's like wait that's a the stick you know it's just like nat 20 figure it out suddenly yeah that's such a cool opportunity you can kind of do that in the movie because in the in other movies you might be like oh yeah like you'd really see that and figure it out but in yeah in Dungeons and Dragons you'd be like well he just got nat 20 so it's fine totally makes sense yep absolutely fine (laughs) totally flies all right is it my next question yeah awesome so Kiss, kill, or marry from Zink, Holger, and Simon. This was super easy because obviously you're killing Simon. He is just way too depressing (laughs) to deal with whatsoever. Like, I like to have positive people in my life, and I just feel like he would do my fucking head in. And you'd always just feel like you had to be trying to buck him up, make him feel good about himself. I'd just be like, no. I'm obviously kissing Zink because he is gorgeous. Get in there. And he's uh-huh. got no personality. He'd drive you mental marrying him. You couldn't be doing that. But, yeah. you know, you, you're going to want to get in there for a little bit of action, for shizzle. So, therefore, I'm marrying Holger because she'd keep me safe at night. You know, I'd always feel uh-huh. safe with her in the house. And, you know, if we uh-huh. ended up having kids, she'd be a great mum, clearly. So, yeah. So, no brainer, really. No, you're right. It's so obvious once you put it like that. Yeah. Yeah. I would have killed Zink. <laughs> I, I pondered it and then I was like, no. Because I can get action out of him. He's he's worthwhile for something, whereas Simon would just, no. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Just too much, you know? All right. My last question. Mm-hmm. What would you use the spell Speak With Dead to do? Oh, my God. I would solve murders, and I'd be like a really impressive detective, right? Like, you'd go and find ones where you, they had the body, and I'd just, like, go on and be like, okay. So what did the murderer look like? Where did you get murdered? You know, what was the murder weapon or whatever? And you'd have specific questions and you'd get get all this information and then you'd just come back out and be like, well, I think we should be looking for a tool. And you wouldn't tell anyone, but you'd just figure out the murder and everyone would be like, you're just the best detective we have. And I'd be like, yeah, I am. I really like this idea. <laughs> just immediately thought of it. I was like, ooh. I think it's because I like listen to a bunch of true crime podcasts and stuff. So I'm always like, Oh, it'd be so handy if you could just ask the dead people stuff, but you can't. Yeah, no, totally. It's a great answer. Yeah. Thank you. My questions. Firstly, could they have leaned in more to the D&D theme? We've talked about it a little bit, but, um, mm. you know, are there any other thoughts you have? And if they could have, how? Okay, so first thought, they definitely could have used a dice in the film. Now, I'm not sure that they needed to be playing a game or, like, 
doing that meta thing where it's a group of people playing the people, right? I just wish they'd used a dice to make a decision. Like they had yeah. a few options or something and they just rolled a dice to see which one they went with. I love that. Yeah. That would have been a fun throw. And I also think they definitely should have had scheduling issues because every D&D party knows <laughs> that scheduling issues are the real evil guy, you know? Absolutely. Just trying to get everybody in the same room. <laughs> yeah, I love it. That's so legit. I only had one thought to that, and it was player sheets or cards. Like, if they'd had that at the very start, and, like, you just had the card up, mm. and then, like, showing the players, or even at the end or whatever, just, like, actually, it might be even better at the end because you could see that Simon had that really, like, low charisma run and be like, yeah, yeah. Ah, that makes yeah, sense. I see what you're doing there. Yeah. 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 That would have been quite Fun. cool. All right. Uh, the question I know you've been waiting for this entire time. <laughs> How did Thimbachord get so pudgy? <laughs> I love him. Yeah, he was a kid. Because he's amazing. He never stopped in that entire movie. He just kept going. Like, there was yeah, no he way he was quitting. Even when it was like a tipping table, even when the hole was really tiny, mm-hmm. he's going to get that. Whatever it is that he's chasing, he's going to eat it. Um, yeah. And I love Yeah, he And was. he also doesn't expend unnecessary energy. You know, if he if he doesn't need to walk, he just rolls. Um, and I, I think that's brilliant. He's not burning any extra yeah. calories. Yeah. And also... Yeah. <laughs> also, they do say in the movie, I th- and I think it is right, he probably ate his last layer. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I can <laughs> yeah. see that. Yeah, but I mean, I was just thinking, going, you know, you're in the Underdark. There's not a lot down there. I mean, there's some things, but... I feel like you'd be there quietly by yourself for a while. Yeah, that's true. But I guess he just ate everything that came along. But the D&D lore does say that he wasn't there. So he has been elsewhere. He moved into that place, obviously, recently before they got there. Ah. And he moved in and made that his lab. Because Thimbachord is actually in a, an adventure module that you can play. Oh, oh yeah. how exciting. Yeah, so nice. he's one of the big bads that you can battle. Yeah. Oh, so nice. I, okay. Again, that's kind of fun that they pulled a thing out of real D&D lore and popped it into the movie. I love that, that they really, they went with what the fans, you know, would would possibly want. And they didn't go with the traditional, you know? Like, yes, they gave us a fire-breathing dragon, but they gave us a pudgy awesome one. And then the dragon that we do see flying around and screwing things up is actually an acid dragon, which was awesome to see, you know? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's really nice for, you know, for the true fans because you've got people like me who won't know all of these different pieces but still go, oh, cool, a dragon, you know, or whatever. You know, you, hmm. you can appreciate elements of it. But then for people who really understand the law and really know their stuff, they're going to go, oh, my God, that's specifically this dragon from this adventure and he's doing this because of that. And, yeah, yeah. I think that's really fun. And just it adds those layers for the different levels. So you've got the people who don't know anything about it. It's just like, cool, dragon. And then, you know delving into yeah. it a bit more for the Uber And Ed, actually, I've got to give the movie massive props for that. There were so many levels to the movie, like, yes, ha-ha, comedy, big action moments, like, cool, just everything. But then there was just those little moments where it's like, ha, that's a character sheet reference. Ha, that's a, you know, funny little reference for those of us who've played that adventure module. You know, like, I've got to give them props for that. There was so many levels to it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's like watching a Disney movie with all the, like, adult references, you know, the the things that they throw in. Oh, yeah, or The Simpsons. Yeah. The Simpsons is yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. yeah, I think even just for me, like, Holger and her potatoes, you know, just because yeah. there is absolutely something a player does. You're like, I just have this one thing that is my thing for no reason and makes no sense and is irrelevant to everything, yeah. but it's my thing. That's absolutely what people do. So I thought that was really good to just yeah. have that in there as like a, yeah, this is totally what a character would be like. Yeah. And speaking of characters, uh, my final question is, which character from the film would you choose to play as in a game of D&D? No question. I know exactly. It's Kira. Really? Yep, 100%. She gets all of the fancy dresses, all of the money. True. She doesn't have any of True. the responsibilities. She gets to yeah. swing in with her little invisible, like, amulet and just save everybody at the end. She's got, like, the cool power, but she's really underrated, so nobody expects her to do much. Um, I do have the advantage of also reading the prequel book, um, which actually highlights Kira in a really cool way as well. So when I went back to watch the movie again, I was like putting all of that in it as well. And I'm like, man, she's cool. So I would definitely play Kira and I really recommend everybody go read the book to find out why. 
Oh, okay. Interesting. Maybe I will do that. Mm. Cool. So that takes us down a question 20, which is another Patreon question. So it comes from Dan of Netflix and Swill, who um, is one of the reasons I watch a lot of terrible films. So fuck you, Dan. <laughs> and um, Netflix and Swill is a great podcast where they delve into everything Netflix and probably drink some Swill on occasion, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so what would Dan like to know? So he wants to know who the true MVP of the movie is, and he specifies that it can't be a main character. So I think we're rolling out Edgen, Holger, Simon, or Doric. What do you think? Yeah. All right. I'm going with Zenk, because if he hadn't made Edgen promise to return the treasure, I don't think Edgen would have thought of that solution to the problem. And that was such a mm. clever solution, and I didn't see it coming. I was kind of like, what are you going to do? And he was like, oh, you know, I'll do this. And I was just like, oh, that's so clever. That's a great thing to do. Yeah, so I don't think he would have come up with it. Mm. I like that. Yeah. I went really obscurely. Excellent. Um, really like NPC, you know, that we only mm-hmm. see a few times or whatever. So I've got two for you because I think that they're both really important. Okay. The tavern owner of the bar who kept letting them drink there, despite the fact they never seemed to pay a bill. Uh, and that's where they did all of their planning. Yeah. And he just said nothing. He's just like, yeah, and okay, just fine. supported them to do that. Like, this is this is where you do your planning for heists. It's fine. I'm not going to tell anybody. It's all good. You know? Yeah. I think, I think he's a real MVP. Totes. And the other guy is Jonathan. <laughs> okay, so I say the name Jonathan. Not everybody remembers, but most people remember if I say Jonathan! Um, because he's the guy, the kinku that they grab and throw out the window. Yes. And then the poor guy goes to get thrown out the window again by Forge at the end. Yes. Jonathan is the real MVP. Without Jonathan, they never would have escaped the tower the way that they did, and none of the movie would have played out the way that it did, right? Because if they'd just been released, mm-hmm. Forge wouldn't have had all that leverage, Kira would have just gone back to her dad, everything would have played out like a normal happy family situation, and none of that chaos would have happened. Yeah, that's legit. That is absolutely fair. Do you know who we haven't mentioned, and I feel kind of bad about it, because I know he brought a lot of people a lot of random joy, and that is Bradley Cooper's adorable, adorable <laughs> little dwarf. Or was He's he a dwarf so or a goblin, actually? Or a- well, is he a, is he a halfling? Halfling, like- that's what he would have been. Of course he's a halfling, yeah. Because, like, dwarf, beard, you know, no beard, um, no random axe or whatever. He's yes. just like... It wasn't stocky no, enough for a he's just a little dwarf. halfling yeah, yeah. who lives in his house and is just trying to look after it and make a home and be a good, you know, husband and stuff. Very halfling behavior. You know, it's very odd for halflings to venture out. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because he was miserable at Holger and she had to leave, well, I guess nothing of the rest of it would have happened had he not done that. So maybe he gets a special credit too. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yep. And yep. also it was fucking hilarious to realize that that was Bradley Cooper. <laughs> I know. Quality cameo. I love a good cameo like that where you're just like, what the f- is that Bradley Cooper? And then the other person's like, oh my God, I think it is. Yeah, that was hilarious. So watching things at the movie premiere was probably the most amazing moving experience I've ever had in my life because there's just a room full of people that are just so excited, but we're all here because we all know the topic, right? So every time something happened, we would be squealing and cheering and throwing things like there was popcorn going every, you know, it was the most incredible experience ever. And then when Bradley Cooper turned up, everybody was just like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, It was just an outbreak of like and various people just being like what is happening on the screen right now <laughs> it was so great yeah, i could see that that's awesome oh i'm so jealous that sounds so good listen anybody who has any kind of pull invite me to a movie premiere stand please <laughs> i would like it thank you anyway uh that brings us to the end of this campaign aka episode okay oh, sorry I'll what an adventure stuff now I know. It has been an absolute blast having you as a guest tonight. So thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. I did know that you were going to be hilarious because, I, as I said, I have listened to Fate of Ison, which is a show that has caused me to laugh horrifyingly loud on the train to work <laughs> on more than one occasion. So thank you for that. So sorry. <laughs> My poor fellow commuters and, yeah. 
Totally awkward. So you should tell us a bit about it, please. Yeah, cool. So uh, Fate of Eisen has been going for a few years. Um, we started with uh, what we're now calling Book One, which was actually DM'd by Brad Zimmerman, who is the creator of Eisen and its original stories and stuff. And he brought a bunch of us together. Originally, we weren't a podcast. We were just playing a game. Uh, and then we realized that we're comedians and we're cracking each other up so much. And this was very early in the podcasting, you know, just guerrilla podcasting days. So we just did it. And and uh, lo and lo and behold, it was it was hilarious and taken off. And we have a bunch of um, fans who we call our fadies, um, who we adore and just treasure so much because they make our fate of eyes and Discord a beautiful place to be. So now we're on to book two because we got our characters from level one to level twenty. We did the unthinkable and we actually finished, um, wow. which is pretty incredible. So book two takes place a thousand years in the future from where we left book one. Oh, wow. And I'm the DM. So, um, yeah, brand new cast of uh, Wellington comedians, um, all from New Zealand and stuff. Uh, a brand new story, but still telling this amazing story of Eisen and, and what happens there in this, this same world. So it's really exciting and it's very fun. Um, it's chaos incarnate and we love it. That is awesome. Yeah, Eisen is amazing. Like, Brad was an absolute genius. I was just blown away from the beginning yeah. with the amount of creativity and, um, and you know, with all of the characters, all of the comedians, you guys are hilarious. So thoroughly recommend anyone who's even got a vague interest in D&D to just go and check it out. Well, not even, just if you just think, oh, well, this sounds funny. Give it a go. You'll love it. Do it. Just do yeah. what I say. It's good background, background noise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely check it out. As for us, I'm desperately trying to pin down the next episode, and I'm very much hoping that it will feature the one and only Nick Haskins and the extremely unique Caleb from Netflix and Swell talking to me about the sultry little film called Fifty Shades of Grey. Long-time listeners of our show may remember that uh, during last year's live stream for The Cure, somehow it was decided that Caleb and I would do a live reading of Fifty Shades. This is actually going to happen. Uh, I know, team, I'm as horrified as you are. But it's all for a good cause. It's um, live stream for The Cure, which is a multi-day streaming charity telethon starting on the 18th of May, where content creators and podcasters from around the world showcase their talents, take on fun challenges, and do weird and wacky things to raise money for cancer research. It happens every year, thanks to the wonderful Nick Haskins, who I love to death, and we always love to take part. So please check our show notes to see more info about it, or you can just go straight to livestreamforthecure.com and check it out there. And please do look out for our next episode, which will no doubt be Carnage. Yeah, I'm I'm already horrified. And I haven't even started it. So, yeah, you will definitely want to check it out. <laughs> Whether it's about Livestream with the Cure or anything else, please feel free to get in touch with us. You can email us at mritqs at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Movie Reviews In or search for Movie Reviews and 20 Qs on Facebook and Insta. We'd be delighted to hear from you. That's pretty much it. So thank you again to Jules and merry adventuring to you all. Goodbye. Bye.